The U.S. is drawing down its military presence in the Middle East, and at the same time, it wants to pump up engagement with Asia. That notion of a pivot to Asia came from President Obama in November 2011. His aim is to increase economic ties with the world's fastest growing region and beef up diplomacy and U.S. military capabilities as well. China? Well, they're not so sure about any of that. The result is a careful dance by both that alternates between challenge and conciliation. Jocelyn Ford has more. What advanced weapons will the U.S. introduce to the Asia-Pacific in 2013? Flick through the channels on China's state TV, and it's hard to miss China's nervousness about America's strategy in Asia. America's return to Subic Base in the Philippines is an effort to contain China and stop our peaceful rise. But head to one of the hippest live houses in Beijing, and it's a different zeitgeist. The event, a tribute to the U.S. rock and roll band, The Velvet Underground. 22-year-old student George Lee, dressed in an Adidas shirt, is twisting away on the crowded dance floor. I heard a lot of Underground. It's my favorite band. Lee loves American pop culture. But when it comes to the U.S. presence in Asia, he feels conflicted. America intervenes in everything. But it can't be helped. America is very strong. The strongest country in the world. Lee thinks America sometimes bullies other countries. But he still dreams about enjoying freedoms of American youth, like an uncensored Internet. And he wants to study in the U.S., which he says is top in his field, landscape architecture. I discussed this contradiction with my best friends. Everyone is irritated by America, but everyone wants to go there. It's too loud. Lee's ambivalence also plays out in diplomatic circles. The two economies are interdependent. U.S. two-way trade with China is $500 billion a year. China holds $1.3 trillion in U.S. treasuries, and U.S. companies have $60 billion invested in China. But it's an uneasy interdependence. Bob Kapp is former head of the U.S.-China Business Council. These are the two big kids on the block nowadays. Both sides are grappling with the meaning of China's rapid, rapid accession in the period of 30 years. I should say ascent. The Chinese look around and say, hey, guys, we deserve a bigger seat at the table. And it raises questions about what America's place in that redefined world will be. President Obama, in his first term, started to answer that question when he unveiled a shift to Asia in his speech before Australia's parliament. So let there be no doubt. In the Asia-Pacific in the 21st century, the United States of America is all in. The president and diplomats are attending more regional summits in Asia. They're pursuing new trade agreements. And America has resumed ties with Myanmar, which wants a counterbalance to neighboring China. The U.S. is also increasing its naval presence, rotating more troops through Australia, and transferring drones and surveillance aircraft from Afghanistan to Asia. Professor Su Hao teaches diplomacy at China's Foreign Affairs University. Now, it seems that the United States think that the major challenge to an American's leadership in the world or in the region of the Asia Pacific is not from the terrorism, but from emerging power, obviously China. So this is something like the, the Cold War mentality. Su Hao says the U.S. has China all wrong. He says Beijing simply wants to recover its historic role in the region. It's not challenging U.S. dominance. But China's neighbors aren't so sure. 
In the past year, China has become more aggressive in asserting its claims over contested, uninhabited islands. It sent planes and ships to islands controlled or claimed by U.S. allies, including Japan and the Philippines. Bonnie Glazer from the Center for Strategic and International Studies believes China is taking a calculated risk. Chinese leaders undoubtedly recognize that their actions run the risk of alienating their neighbors and driving many nations to embrace the U.S. and American presence more closely. Glazer says it's a short-term price that's worth paying to reach a long-term goal. After all, China's power is growing, and the nations of the regions are dependent on China's economically. In the long run, these nations are going to have to accommodate. At issue are resource-rich seas and China's desire to expand its maritime line of defense hundreds of miles. For the U.S., China's maritime ambitions raise concerns about the future of freedom of navigation in important international shipping lanes. China's bid could also hamper the U.S. Navy's ability to intervene and support allies in the region. As President Obama enters his second term, his former national security adviser Jeffrey Bader sees Japan's dispute with China as a possible flashpoint for Sino-U.S. relations. The principal risk that I see that could lead to confrontation and serious deterioration of relations is the disputes in the South and East China Sea. Bader told the Brookings Institution audience he has more questions than answers. Will China aggressively assert its territorial claims? If so, it is likely that U.S. alliances, particularly with Japan, will be strengthened, and uh, this would lead to a different kind of U.S.-China relationship and a different kind of security framework uh, in Asia. Japan is already stepping in this direction. Last month, the country elected a new prime minister, who is seeking to boost defense cooperation with the U.S. and increase defense spending. Back on the dance floor, rock and roll fan Joe Nan thinks the tensions over some rocky islands show China's leaders are on a different planet from him. I mean, the government care about those kind of things. They don't even care about what's inside the country. There are so many people suffering. What about that? That's the important thing, not those disputes. At 21, Jonan is confident he's got the number of politicians on both sides of the ocean. The U.S. and China has a very um, subtle or really weird relationship. They can't live without each other. So no war, of course. The two countries will get along better, he asserts, when his generation takes control. One of Jonan's best friends is an American. Growing up in a globalized culture, he thinks, will mean fewer international disputes down the road. From Beijing... This is Jocelyn Ford for America Abroad.